Welcome back to Kind of Funny's Pixar in Review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing every movie in the Pixar universe. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Just keep swimming, Tim. I will. That's exactly what I plan to do. And I'm going to do it alongside. It's Christmas in July for a couple more days. Joey Noel. Hello. And rounding out the crew for today because Andy Cortez is home in Texas. We have the big dog, Kevin Coelho. I thought you were going to say you're going to just keep swimming with me, and I got excited. Now I'm sad. Oh, well, I'll swim with you anytime, Kev. But you're too fast for me. You're it's out true, there. I'm fast. He's more along. of a floater, Kevin. He more, I'm he likes say majestic. Yeah. Float. Yeah. Uh, the, what I prefer to do is I like to be on the top of the water. Float, back up, or belly up. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just kind of like uh, every once in a while. I'll give Tim, one of you these like things. you like flipping your brother into the water. That's what you like doing in the water. Yeah, yeah I like Just wrestling everybody. Yeah, wrestling in the water. <laughs> backflips. Can you imagine, Nick? Can you imagine Tim Gettys doing a backflip in any capacity? Are you now? Are we doing a backflip off of a pier of some sort, or are you back arching your brother? Because I don't I'm trying to back arching his brother. Back arching his brother. Okay. Any any way? I don't think I, I've ever even attempted a backflip. I've seen Kevin no, do it. I, I do back a, a beautiful. Beauty. What is it? A backward swan. Flip. Kevin literally, he's standing, jumps and flips, and it is one of those like, holy shit, how is this mass in the air looking this gorgeous right yeah. now? But yeah. anyway, oh that's God. a story. It's a lot that's of fun. A story for another time fun. because this is kind of funny's in review where each and every week we rank and review and recap two different movie franchises. Uh, right now, we're making up for lost time. We're backing up some Pixar and reviews because we've been doing a whole bunch of other things, including Marvel. And next week, we're going back to DCEU with James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. And I could not be more excited for that. But you can get the show on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com if you want to get it as a podcast just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review and we'll be right there for you if you want to get the show ad free if you want to watch it live as it's being recorded and if you want the exclusive post show on the kind of funny podcast you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like our patreon producers uh molecule has done thank you so much molecule for supporting us and because you supported us you're no, you don't need to hear the ads that i'm gonna tell you later about me undies canva and upstart but for everyone else Let's get right to it. We are talking about Finding Dory. For the runtime of one hour and 37 minutes, it was released on June 17th, 2016, making it the 17th Pixar movie. And Pixar's first PG-rated film to not contain death. Kind of a shocker. Didn't expect that. You know what I mean? I thought inevitably. At least 10, 15 of these characters would be killed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the second Pixar film with no antagonist whatsoever, aside from minor little antagonists like the giant squid. Uh, the first film like that being last week's Inside Out. Uh, there was some controversy, though, around this release. Uh, conservationists warned that very much like Finding Nemo, the film could lead to uninformed customers buying regal blue tangfish, dory species. And this happened. A lot of people were buying these. <laughs> that is a right. problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that is a problem because blue tangs cannot be bred in captivity and have to be caught in the wild. They're related to surgeon huh. fish and exhibit razor-sharp spines on both sides of the tail that can inflict formidable wounds. And uh, so that was a whole yeah. issue. Like people of- forgot the whole point of Finding Nemo. You know what I mean? Like that's what exactly it was made to prevent. Mm-hmm. So sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then this was directed once again by Andrew Stanton. His film work includes co-writing and co-directing Pixar's A Bug's Life, uh, directing Finding Nemo and the sequel Finding Dory, WALL-E, and the live-action film 
Disney's John Carter in 2012. Oh, I like John Carter. <laughs> How dare you? Don't say it like that. Pay I also enjoyed John John Carter. It was a lot better than you think it was. Yeah, you don't even know. You've never, you know what? You've never move seen on. John move Carter, on. but yeah, I can't wait. You so... want to say I do know because we had this exact same conversation last time I brought this up. <laughs> but hey, man, you know, have you, did you watch it all the way? Like, let's just be honest right now with the kids. I've never seen it. Yeah, I know exactly. So you can't talk. Can't it's talk. a great movie. This is like when Nick talks about Speed Racer. John Carter in review, everyone. Uh, (laughs) But he also co-wrote all four Toy Story films and Monsters, Inc. So this motherfucker, he's got the stuff, you know. Uh, When Nemo and Marlin are in the title pool exhibit, they meet a loquacious clam. Loquacious, word of the day, everyone. Voiced by the film's director, Andrew Stanton. When they ask the clam how he's doing, he enthusiastically responds, I'm happy. (laughs) Happy as a clam. There, there, it is. Like there we go. Like Got that. it. Mm-hmm. The, the clam this was go weird though because it had a pearl in the that mouth. Was weird. You were like, "This is weird." It's the pearls in the mouth. Anyways, continue. <laughs> I mean, that's where clams usually have the pearl. I know, but I was like, "How are you talking?" Clams don't normally talk. Yeah, it's weird. Mm. Yeah, but I feel like it was doing the same job as the uvula. You know, I mean, but like just when you think about it, most fish don't normally talk. This one's loquacious. The music is by Thomas Newman. Randy's cousin. Uh, he was, mm. also did Finding Nemo and Wally. The budget of this was $200 million. Now, the last couple of movies, not necessarily up to Pixar's standards of, of making the box office back, but this one, ladies and gentlemen, $1.029 billion, uh, becoming the second Pixar film to gross over a billion after Toy Story 3 and it was the third highest grossing film of 2016. It set numerous box office records, including the biggest opening for an animated film in North America and the highest grossing animated film in North America. As of July 17, 2016, the film displaced Shrek 2 to become the highest grossing animated film in American box office history. Yeah. But now a lot has changed. Things have happened since then, everyone. And uh, worldwide, the animation game looking quite different. I thought this is a, I always like when there was like some crazy facts to go down. So I'm going to do that right now. At number 13, we have the original Finding Nemo at about $950 million. Going up from there, I am shocked to say that number 12 at $970 million, The Lion King. Yeah. Which used to be Mm. the de facto juggernaut of this thing. But no, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, Then number 11, we have Despicable Me 2. At number 10, we have Zootopia. Okay. Really? Yeah. Only 10. Wow. It's very good, Joey. Only 10. Zootopia is very good, and it did really well, right? It's very good, but I didn't expect it to do That's what I'm saying. It's above the Lion King. Really? That's pretty huge, though. Well, I'm shocked by Lion King, too. Yeah. It's placement being Well, You have to remember Lion King when it came out. There was only three movies coming out that year. And two of them were Daniel Day-Lewis films. So it was was basically like you just have to keep seeing the Lion King over and over again. Last of the Mohicans. Great film. Moving on after after Zootopia, we have number nine, Finding Dory. So okay, mm-hmm. Love then it. number eight, Despicable Me, three. Terrible movie. Really? Well, me, making a lot of like a lot of noise. Oh, damn minions, time. Tim. Everyone they wants to know it. where the minions are. Love the minions. Minions coming in at number five. Get the ahead fuck of, out. Ahead Despicable of Despicable Me, number seven and six, which is Toy Story three and Toy Story four. I don't like this list. Minions uh, have their own movie in addition to Despicable Me. Minions everywhere, Joe. Yeah. Huh. You open your, you open your. I think they uh, might have two minions. Right now there's a minion in it. My closet has a minion. Yeah, if you go Terrifying. open it right now, there's a minion. In it. <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Kevin, and he goes. Oh. 
<laughs> I hate all of this. Oh, no. <laughs> that's a new thing that's happening. Take it back. Now. <laughs> kind of want it. Yeah, put it back out there. I need to get the top uh, four. At number four, at one point or one million two hundred forty-two thousand two hundred forty-two million. Excuse me. Wow. Incredibles two. Nice. Then the top three goes as follows. Number three, Frozen. Okay. Oh, I respect yeah. that. I respect that. Number that two. Makes a lot of sense. Number two. Mm-hmm. Want to take a guess? Frozen two. Nailed Frozen it, Joey. No, that's number one. Nailed oh, really? It. Really? Wow. Now yeah. number one. Number one. Is a surprise, I'll say, Into but also it kind of is feels it, right. Is no. it boss baby? Right. Is it no. boss baby? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This might surprise you. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna give you the hint of all hints, and I think okay. someone will get it after this. Okay. okay. Uh huh. I don't think you would classify this as animated by default in your mind, but the irony is, it entirely is. Lion King one or the new Lion King. Lion King 2019 coming wow. in at. One ah, billion six hundred and fifty-seven million dollars. God, I'm so good at what I do, guys. I'm oh, so God. good at what I do. So justice for Lion King in some ways, which uh, I feel good about in some ways. Anyways, yeah, though, man, they didn't have that movie, one song I liked. This movie did not have uh, any Academy Awards uh, notions, one way or another. Some fun stats mm-hmm. that I always love to to drop, specifically for Andy. Uh, Hank has only seven tentacles because the animators realized they could not fit eight onto his body. His backstory was rewritten (laughs) to account for the missing limb. For similar reasons, in the classic sci-fi film, it came from beneath the sea in 1955. Special effects genius Ray Harryhausen was only able to create a stop-motion giant octopus with six arms. (laughs) So that's kind of something. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Every arm you add to stop-motion is like 15 more days. Yeah, exactly. That is how the math works. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, it does easily pass the the Bechtel test, where it's a measure of representation of women in fiction, asking whether a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. So good for you guys, Dory. Wait, you did it, Destiny. Real quick, you did it. This the the arm thing is a big thing in animation, right? Like so so much so that Paula brought it up, uh-huh. and the squid that we see in the beginning with the one eye, mm-hmm. it does have eight arms, and that was a big deal. Damn, big deal. Damn. Who's the real hero squid. of this story? Finding Squid, the third yeah, sequel. Yeah. Right Squidworth. there. Can't wait for right that. There we go. Squidworth. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> do, you, do you know what Squidworth is? Squidworth is the guy Squidward. from... Uh, oh, I'm thinking, I'm, I was thinking of the guy from um, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Wasn't that exactly. the bad guy? Is that him? Slugs, Slugsworth. Slugsworth, shit, not Squidward. Squidward? Squidward, Squidward is SpongeBob SquarePants' neighbor. Ah, there you go. There he we sucks. go. There we go. Uh, so now let's talk about what we thought. This came about out the same year, Dory. Civil War. Uh, yeah. Wild year. That's weird. I just just weird to put things together, you know. Yeah, what's, Civil War. Yeah, twenty sixteen. That makes sense. Crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Joey Noel, what do you think of this? So I hadn't seen this before. I don't really know why, because I really like Finding Nemo, so I have yeah. no idea why I didn't see this. It must have just been. 2016 Joey. What was 2016 well, I think, Joey? Joey, doing? if I'm if probably I watching a lot of you. kind of funny, to be honest. Oh my god, it's not good for your brain. I heard <laughs> that's terrible. So if I can answer for you, it's because it's a sequel, and we all got burned by Return of Jafar. So it's like, why do we? <laughs> I knew it. I yeah. knew it was gonna be bullshit. I, I knew it was gonna be bullshit. I hate that. Um, <laughs> I never. Seen I it. I think part of why I never saw it is because 
I was like, a whole movie about Dory. Do we need a whole movie about the Mm -hmm. side character that probably would seem annoying if she had a whole movie? And then that's why I I tapped out. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't feel like there was too much Dory, which I feel like could have very well been possible. Um, I think they balanced it out with like a fun group of side characters. Uh, My least favorite probably is the Ed O'Neill octopus. How dare you? I know. Um, But I love the... Hank, thank you. I'm terrible with names. Um, but I do I loved the uh always sunny girl and the tank and the Me. modern family guy next to it. Like <clears throat> I think we got a good amount of uh thank you. I'm just gonna just call Phil. it references and make you guys yeah. figure out the rest That's of it. Okay, I've got it up um, right now. Perfect. Uh I mean I'm I think it's a fun amount of Nemo and Marlin. I actually really like the parents, was not expecting to be so like touched by the beginning of this movie it's, I, know. I feel like Pixar, it kind of caught me off guard kind of like when the first time i saw up where i was like this is not what i was expecting um but yeah i liked it i don't think it like cracks my top 10 probably but i had a fun time and i would probably watch it again nick scarpino um i saw this in theaters i randomly i think it was one of those days where i was like oh this is out and i want to see a movie and i like finding nemo and i was not expecting a lot of it but i thought it was a really good movie I think that this, I think it's clever in all the ways it needs to be clever. And then it's short and you get in and you get out. And it's surprisingly poignant for, you know, a story and a character that we've already spent a couple hours with for Finding Nemo. Um, I love that how it starts. I love that it kind of hits really hard and you feel for this small little cute fish is getting lost. And it's it's really sad. And then that sadness is immediately uh turned into happiness when she runs into marlin you realize that's how that was her journey to them and to her new family and then this is all about her journey to her old family um i think the voice cast is great and it's beautifully animated like i, I was watching it just even on, on my screen that i'm sure it was just probably going to 1080p and d walked in she's like damn that water looks really good i'm like i know it's unbelievable um and i'm just gonna say that Idris Elba and Dominic West are the two best side characters of any Pixar movie with the, t- the two sea lions that are sitting on the rock and Gerald, <laughs> that son of a bitch, Gerald, Nick trying to sneak up on the rock, bro. <laughs> Come on, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I like this movie. I thought it was really enjoyable, especially the second time around. Um, so I thought I had watched this movie before. I wasn't sure. I, I thought I might have. But then like in the first like 30 seconds, I was like, oh, nope, never seen this. And what an emotional roller coaster. Like I wasn't I wasn't mentally prepared for that ride. Yeah, like the start of it gets you so well. And then uh what Ed O'Neill's character is just fantastic. It's great. The entire time. Like I, I hope Cool Greg was watching this with you because like yeah, that octopus is the though, best. Yeah. Absolutely. I I'm blown away by it. Like I'm in the same boat with Joey where it's like if I thought about it before, I, I guess I didn't see it because I was like, oh, Dory, you know, she's she was oh, she was a little bit much as a side character. I don't know if I need a movie with her name in the title. And then I watched it and it was great. And yeah, it was a really good movie. Yeah. Very fun. And, and I, I, I like, you know, I like that they always managed to like to Tim's earlier point. Like this does not have an antagonist. And it's interesting because watching it back a second time, Dory, the character itself, isn't the one that changes. For the most part, she changes everyone around her. Um, with sort of her optimism, despite having this very big disadvantage, which is the short-term memory loss. And so, like, watching it back again, like, every single person she touches, she turns, like, makes better, you know, including Hank at the end, where, like, Hank is the biggest salvation of all, where she's like, no, you need to come live with us. Like, you're terrified of this thing, so you're going to this other thing you don't even know about, but, like, come come with us. 
And then my last point, Tim, before you go is they got Sigourney Weaver <laughs> to oh. be Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> and that when I heard, I was like, oh, that sounds like Sigourney Weaver. She goes, hi, I'm Sigourney Sig- Weaver. And I'm like, this guy's just get me, man. I don't understand what else. I don't need anything That's else. That's a very funny bit. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, like, the first two things I, I want to point out. Number one, I love the commitment to Sigourney Weaver. Of Sigourney course, Weaver. she was also, this isn't her first Pixar uh, appearance she, she was, was axiom the ship in wally wally that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that's this right. this is fun but i love her as sigourney weaver here i love all the uh-huh. characters just hearing this this voice <laughs> and like refer to her as sigourney weaver it's amazing it's amazing what did sigourney like, weaver say <laughs> i love that i i thought that was that was very funny and i like that it's the type of joke that works for us and in universe for oh, them yeah. as well oh, so yeah. definitely appreciate that but uh the line that made me laugh so hard in this fucking movie the delivery of it i don't think i've ever heard a line delivered as perfectly as stop it you're a scientist (laughs) (laughs) i had to play it back like three times because i was laughing so freaking hard it was absolute gold i am shocked at how awesome this movie is i had never seen it similar story to you guys i'm like "Ah, i don't know about all this but man it really kind of is what i'm looking for from a pixar sequel it reminds me uh very much of the monsters university or the toy story sequels Mm -hmm. in the sense that i'm like i like these characters the new characters you're adding i'm happy that we're having a fun story it feels like there's a story worth telling i think that taking dory and focusing more on uh her disability and giving her this whole group of people with different disability or animals and different with different types of disabilities i thought was a really intriguing storyline and the way that they all kind of help each other and all kind of prove their worth despite the obstacles that they have i was like man there's there's a lot of heart mm-hmm. here and there's a lot of really cool stuff going on um and of course there's emotional moments that really just get you because pixar knows how to like get you with i don't i don't call them cheap shots because they're not they're yeah. well developed and they they're they're earned over time um i will say that overall though none of the dory moments hit me the way the dory moments hit in the first movie emotionally mm-hmm. like the, when the moment where uh the dad leaves her in the first movie like and because mm-hmm. of her being forgetful i felt like this kind of treaded the same water uh that we we've seen before <laughs> And I was like a little let down by that. But there, having said that, there was a couple shots that were just utterly gorgeous in this to, that backed up her mental uh, headspace. Like there's one shot when she's really kind of like feeling alone and she's like more lost than ever. And like she's out there and it's like in the, the nasty green water. Mm-hmm. And like she's this tiny little fish in this giant, so giant sad. scene, oh, so kind of like looking like camera left and it, she just looks so alone. But then that's contrasted at the end when she's looking out at the view and mm-hmm. like she's listening to, to Marlon's advice of like, you're one of us. Like, let's just do her. I can't wait till we can just look at this together and it's the exact same shot but it's beautiful and green and she's like happy looking and it's just like even though she's the same size in the frame she seems so much bigger and i was like damn man these pixar motherfuckers they get it so while i don't think that this movie has that pixar magic in the sense of this original story that like completely uh enraptures us and like makes us like changes us i think that it's really damn good and i think that there should be and i'm happy there is a place for Pixar to make these type of sequel movies that don't need to reinvent the wheel, but just yeah. do something really well and spend more time with characters we like. So shots them. Pleasant I surprise. And I, and, I, and I think to back that up, I think they know what they're accomplishing with these things. And I think they nail it. Right. I think finding Nemo, if you're, if you're setting out to like, like 
topple or or, or or make a movie that's better than Finding Nemo as a sequel is I think that's I don't think that's the I think that's kind of a fool's errand I think what mm-hmm. you should do is make a nice like continuation of the story flesh out some of the characters and no matter what just try not to make Cars 2 just don't make the return of Mater <laughs> I think they I mean to you guys' points that's, that's exactly what I thought when I first started watching that movie. I was like oh wow a whole movie about this side character yep. that I don't yeah. like. There's no Nick. way they're going to make it work, and they didn't make it work in Cars too. It turns out there was a giant gas leak at Pixar for that whole three years. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so that's that actually so why that happened. Everyone was just hallucinating. Everything. Yeah, um, yeah, but but you know they managed to find yet another interesting story with Finding Dory, and I think I, I also think that they, they they fleshed out her that character a little bit more uh, in this, which I think was smart. Yeah, and like it's one of those things where I was so in that when there's that scene where she goes back to her house and it's like are the parents alive are the parents dead i, I was, know i was, I was equally invested either way i was like I, I i want the story they're giving me and i'm like that's you... honestly the biggest compliment i can give finding dory <laughs> bro when <laughs> she goes outside and sees the shell Ugh. i start crying. Love purple shells. and then when she comes over the hill and sees the, the network of shells oh that her God. parents have been laying out with for her for like the last 10 years or how long she's been i don't know how long she's been gone it's fish years could be like two days mm-hmm. um but that that hits so hard i and i was so scared that at that point she would go and explore the house and figure out skeletons they died but like they never stopped caring because yeah. like that would be a powerful message yeah. but like i'm so happy it wasn't the message that this movie like ended with it's yeah nice. no, absolutely which is it is nice. Now, Nick, we don't have Andy to start the plot, so I'm just going to say, stop it. You're a scientist. <laughs> That's perfect, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Finding Dory, the movie we never knew we wanted until we had it. Hi, I'm Dory, and I suffer from short-term remember loss, and it's the cutest freaking thing that Pixar has ever designed because I am a sucker for little tiny fish with big eyes. Uh, this is little baby Dory uh, playing hide and seek with her parents. She wants to play with the other kids, but they're in the undertow and it's very, very dangerous up there. We're led to believe this is not a tank. And so when it is a tank at the end, surprise, it's a tank. Uh, they even have a song. We see the undertow and we say, heck no, not let's go. I would have said let's go too, but Dory guessed it correctly. Uh, Dory forgets the song again and again and gets scared. Uh, what if I what what if I forget you? Will you ever forget me? She says to her parents. And this is the first time I start crying because her parents hug her and say, oh, kelp cake. We will never forget oh. you, Dory. So cake, cute. You will never forget <laughs> us. So good. Uh, and then we see the title screen and cut to a much, much, much darker scene. Uh, Dory is lost, of course. Bill Hader and Kate McKinnon pop up to find uh, to find her, but they lose her again. And she wanders out into the darkness of the ocean, telling herself to just keep swimming uh and then we go through the years dory continues to search for her family until uh ellen DeGeneres finally takes over as older dory and you know ellen is ellen obviously she had a lot of stuff come out of her, but i think she does a great job as a, as a voice actor in this movie like you can't not like her performance in this so shout out to her for at least that um where are we oh, oh for the next six minutes of this movie are really really sad until they lead right up to marlin chasing after uh the boat in finding nemo and the fact that they did that i was just like is i mean are we getting the darth vader fucking you know what i mean right hallway scene? are we getting it is this the hallway scene <laughs> that's what we all wanted from doy absolutely no i'm exactly. with you though nick like uh, as this, we we get the beginning of this movie and I'm sitting here and I, I don't even remember seeing trailers for this. Like I was pretty much just going in completely dark. And yeah. as it's going, I'm like, oh, shit, they're going to fucking meet up with with Nemo and Marlon. Mm-hmm. It's going to it's going to like tie in. I did not expect him to do it that cleanly, though. And I love that they did it and then kind of just do the time jump and move on. And I was like expertly done. 
Yeah. Uh, Dory tells Marlon which way the boat went, and off we go. But that is a story for 12 podcasts ago. Right now, we skip ahead one year later, and Dory is asleep and dreaming, and it's funny. And she wakes up Marlon and Nemo, but it's not time to get up yet. And she keeps sticking herself and forgetting. And then uh, by the, the third time, Marlon goes, and we're up. That's it. Ready to start the day. <laughs> uh, Dory remembers the adventures of finding Nemo, but now he's uh, – uh, oh, she's, excuse me. Uh, but now everyone's embellishing a little bit. Marlon's, you know, telling the story back. It's like, there were four, four sharks. sharks. I thought there was like three sharks. No, no, no. There were definitely four. Um, uh, let's see. Marlon tries to talk Dory out of going on the class field trip because she tends to wander off. But she ends up volunteering somehow to be the teacher's assistant, uh, much to the Stingray teacher's chagrin. And uh, I loved this. Yeah. Where it's just like, just so oblivious. Like, oh, obviously, you want me to be the assistant? You want me to help? I'm like, exactly. those are the little Dory moments that like I really love. And I'm glad that we got those and they didn't like become too Overstay saturated. The welcome. Yeah. 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 Uh, the field trip, of course, is to study the great stingray migration that's about to happen uh, to see where everyone came from. One of the kids asked Dory where she came from, where's her family, and she can't remember, and it's sad. Uh, but she does remember she had a family at some point and then starts to give a speech on the birds and the bees, or I guess as you would call That was fish so funny. And the kelp. I don't know. What would we call the birds and the bees? Yeah, that's fish and kelp was fine, but that kelp. was hilarious. <laughs> uh, off we go to the edge of the uh, reef. Uh, to the shelf, and we can see the stingrays, but we have to be careful of the undertow, which jogs one of Dory's deep memories, and that's going to be sort of a thing that happens over and over again in this film, to a point where it's almost a little heavy-handed, but you know what? The film's so good, we're just going to give it a little bit of a pass. Something deep inside her that's so familiar, uh, you have to listen to it. On cue, the stingrays migrate as if uh, by, and they're singing a chorus, homeward-bound words. Dory tries to remember some, uh, the saying, we see the undertow and we say, but before she can finish, she gets swept up in the stingray and uh, stingrays and knocked out. When she comes to, she remembers the jewel of Morro Bay, California. And when Nemo I got echoes, like, kind of excited when they said that. I was like, oh, I was not expecting that. And I'm like, it's a place I know and I'm familiar with. And what's cool about that, Joey, is Riley uh -huh. Anderson, a supporting character from Pixar's previous film, Inside Out, has a very uh -huh. brief cameo in the film. Right after Joey is thrown into Destiny's tank, she bumps into the glass viewing window. Riley can be seen in the crowd of children in the back row. Oh, that's hmm. kind of fun because remember she was in SF, so that yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, let's see. Dory wants to go and find them, but oh, excuse me. When Nemo, excuse me. When Nemo echoes the sentence, this Nemo, that's the kid's name. I just wrote that down. It looks so weird. Yeah, uh, echoes the sentiment. <laughs> Dory gets a flash. <laughs> they made a whole movie about it. And her family, uh, of her family, and she takes off. Uh, she wants to go find them, but Marlon stops. So the only reason to travel in the first place is so that you don't have to travel ever again. And if I didn't write that down from this movie, if I just saw that quote, I sw I'd swear to God, it was from Tim Gettys and me. Uh, <laughs> all, I know is that I missed, <laughs> all I know is that I missed them, she says. I don't know what that, I, I didn't know what that felt like. Do you know what that feels like? She says to Marlon. Of course, Marlon does know because he missed his son when he lost him in the prior movie. So Marlon looks at Nemo and relents. Yes, I know what that feels like. Uh, somewhere out there is my family. Please, Marlon, I can't find them on my own. Please help me find my family. And he's and then Nemo says, you can't get us all the way across the ocean, right, Dad? And he goes, no, but I know a guy. And off we go surfing with the turtles. And it's totally sick. No, Tim, I'm going to be totally sick. Was the joke they say here? Yeah, that <laughs> is the joke. Brooks. That is <laughs> that is the joke. Yeah, uh, and speaking of the voices, right there, you're gonna bring it up, Brooks. Um, Hayden Rollins replaces Alexander Gold as the voice of Nemo due to Gold having outgrown his original role since Finding Nemo in 2003, yeah, which like makes yeah, a lot again. of sense because this movie, at least the majority of it, takes place one year later yeah. in the story. Um, so yeah, that would not 
would not make sense uh, for uh, at that point, what seventeen year old boy <laughs> to yeah. be doing the voice. Mm, yeah. Same same problem with Squirt. So uh, the Bennett Damon was uh, replaced with Nicholas Bird. Mm. Brad Bird's kid. That's a good question. Let good me look. Question. Maybe not. I'll keep going. Dory, Marlin, and Nemo break out of the Rip Curl and end up in a ship graveyard, uh, sunk in, I think, cargo container uh, ship, rather. Dory calls out for her parents, and all the crabs pop up and go, shh, and then pop right back down. And Dory is not <laughs> getting the hint, but Marlin's like, there's something really bad that's happening here. We shouldn't just come into someone's neighborhood and start making all this noise. Um, so I get the feeling they're shushing us for a reason, and that reason is the one-eyed kraken. It's a big old squid that chases after them through the shunken ship. Uh, gets stuck in a falling cargo container and pulls Nemo down with it. Marlon and Dory follow and save him seconds before the container smashes the squid onto the ocean floor. Dory keeps forgetting that Nemo is hurt, and Marlon tells her to go over there and forget. It's what she does best. And this, it's kids, up. is a dick move. Don't, a dick don't move. say things like this. You can't take him back. Dory it's a dick to- move. And honestly, it felt a little, not out of nowhere, but I was kind of like, I don't like this, man. Like It just kind of feels like, from the conversations of them living together with her, it's just like this felt a little too sequel convenient of like, we need a plot for this thing right now. Yeah. I feel like Marlon like is prone to like, I don't know what the hell was going on with Nemo. Cause it seemed like more than just like he got scared. Right. Cause he was like breathing and he kept being like, are you all right? I, I, I don't know. I felt like it was very much in character for Marlon to, to be that way. But my thing is it was in character for Marlon before the end of the last movie, not, after the end of the last movie. But either way, uh, Nicholas Bird is, is the voice of Squirt in the first movie, got replaced in this one, and that is, in fact, Brad Bird's son. Wow. Uh, and in this little the Kraken scene, in the Kraken scene, the Pizza Planet truck is underwater. Oh, wow, that's cool. Mm, I like that. Pizza Planet. Uh, after this, of course, Dory just has to go at it on her own and follows the voice of Sigourney Weaver, who guides her <laughs> to the surface. Uh, where she is captured by some uh, some workers from the Marine Life Institute, which looks kind of run down, actually. Uh, maybe don't spend so much money getting Sigourney Weaver to do your announcements. Probably get a couple fresh coats of paint on that bad boy. Uh, let's see. I think I had this written that uh, Ty Burrell and Caitlin Olsen have some fun cameos here uh, as the people that picked them up, but I don't know if that's them or not because they're actually characters later, so just disregard that. Hank, the octopus, tells Dory that her tag is going to send her to Cleveland instead of being released, and she freaks out. Hank's like, listen, I want that tag so I can take your place in the transport truck. He doesn't want to get released back to the ocean. It's a hard life out there. He pours himself a cup of coffee uh, and they strike a deal. And this scene is great because at first she's like, I don't want it. She's like, no, I kind of like my tag. I don't want to get my tag. And then, of course, she forgets she said that. And then she's like, oh, I know I could give you if you help me out this tag. And the look, the animated look (laughs) on his face is so, especially since it's Ed O'Neill, you're like, what a perfect person to cast. Very good casting. Yeah, very good. Frustrated with this person. Uh, I love I love how it's animated and like just uh, the the little Pixarisms that like make all the difference of this this thing camouflaging like moving around. Love the way it moves, but even so just when it's not moving, like when it's just small, simple. When it's not slithering, I mean, like it's there. It grabs this pot of coffee. It just starts drinking the coffee, and that alone is funny looking. But then so it funny. fills it with water and puts Dory in it. It's in just it. like I love this shit. And then it uses it later as a, to disguise itself as a plant. <laughs> All that's all of the chameleon esque moments with this octopus yeah. is are so clever and so fun to the point where like they're like we know 
And you know how we know? Because we're going to do a whole end credit sequence with just this. We had so much fun doing this stuff that we're just going to throw like 18 more rendered scenes, which must have cost them like half a million dollars to do for the credit sequence. But oh, whatever. yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, let's see. Back out in the bay, Marlon is in denial about pushing Dory away until Nemo calls him out on it. Then here we go, everyone. Strap on your boots and make sure your seatbelts are fastened because we get the best voice work at all of Pixar from Idris Elba. And I believe it's Dominic West is the guy that played uh, the, the other yeah. sea lion. Um, and they both tell Marlon and Nemo that Sigourney Weaver doesn't lie. The Institute is all about rehabilitation, uh, rescue, rehabilitation, and then release. So they'll probably release Dory. Uh, that right now she's probably she's in that quarantine though. Then, you guys... <laughs> Swear to God, that asshole Gerald trying to sneak it up on their rock and they give him a bit of the old what for. This is the best part. I know I say this a lot, Joey. I know I say this at least once. This is a really good movie. moment. This is the best moment in every Pixar movie, any Pixar movie, just across the board. And if I said it before, that's wrong. This is right. I stand by the by by the present, not the past. I didn't um, like so it. You I didn't? Got, no, the, the Gerald character to me felt like Pixar trying to make this type of character. But I, I understand people inside. liking it, and I'm happy other people do. Kevin, can you go get the defibrillator, please, for Tim? Because his heart has clearly fucking stopped. He's dead inside. dead inside. Yeah, inside. You're, you're right. You're right. He's dead Holy inside. Holy shit. It's not that it's – I mean, obviously, it's, it is on the nose, Tim. You're 100% right. It's just that it's Idris Elba. <laughs> like, how do they get him for this? <laughs> Didn't he have better to do? He's like, nah, fuck it. I'll photo it for an hour. Uh, I love it. Anyway, uh, Fluke confirms that the Marine Life Institute is the jewel of Morro Bay and says Dory was right. Look. Uh, looks like Dory can do something, uh, and then Nemo says, "Looks like Dory can do something other than forget." And then Marlon's like, Marlon. "Thank you, Nemo." Uh, Hank and Dory head toward the map on the way, uh, as one of the uh, excuse me in the hallway, as one of the workers gets a call from that the octopus has escaped again. He's supposed to go back to the ocean today, so that starts the ticking clock. Uh, when he turns around, Hank hides in the coffee pot and, uh, and pretends to be a plant, which I thought was hilarious. Dory remembers she used to go uh, shell finding with her parents, and baby Dory is adorable again. She remembers her home had a purple shell because that was her mom's favorite. Uh, another worker finds Hank's tracks, so he hides out as part of the railing while Dory jumps into a bucket labeled Destiny because it's labeled Destiny, and she thinks her destiny is to go in there. Uh, unfortunately, Brilliant. Destiny is a big old whale shark that's in the big tank, and she gets poured out into it. So cute. Um, that- one thing before we move on. <clears throat> Idris Elba, in this same year, did Finding Dory, Jungle Book, and Zootopia. Just on Disney payroll all year. Interesting. They were just like, how much? They were like, Idris, how much money can we give you? And he's like, I mean, I'm down for two roles. So like, can we squeeze out a third? He's like, sure, sure. He's like, I'm, I'm already here. <laughs> I might as well just scene? knock out these lines. I mean, come on, dude. He's great. And then Ragnarok the next year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Heimdall. And Ultron the year before. Are we going to bring back Heimdall, Tim? What's happening? There was an article today talking about that Idris Elba is going to return somehow, but I don't know how. Bad to the different universe variants. I don't care what universe it is. I need it. Uh, Destiny tells Dory. uh, Let's see. Dory and Destiny speak well to each other, and Destiny remembers her. She's like, "Oh my God, Dory, we were friends. Uh, They used to talk through the pipes when they were little, which is why Dory can speak whale." I got so excited when this happened. I looked over and I was like, "This is how she knows how to speak whale." Exactly. (laughs) It was absurd. Tim. It's a really good exactly. callback from the first one. You know what I mean? I mean, it's no dice hanging around, hanging, hanging on <gasps> fucking oh, rear you. I wonder. I, I was like, why didn't he just go, Tim? <laughs> like, as if I was in opposition to this. <laughs> oh, shit. I just don't understand why you're against it, Tim. Oh, Tim. Like the, the whale reference is Kevin. good, and the vest is great. 
Kevin, I need the dice to were grab, too far. I need you to grab two nine volt batteries and affix them to Tim's nipples because his heart is dead. Jesus, we need, we need to jump. I don't think that works the way you think it does, Nick. <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, it used to do the trick. The quickest uh, way to a man heart, a man's heart, <laughs> is right his nipples. <laughs> Put a little water on those with a couple nipples. nine volts. <laughs> Jesus Christ, let's move on. Uh, Destiny tells Dory she's from the open. She's like Dory, you're from the open ocean exhibit, uh, and then Ty Burrell playing Bailey, the bottlenose uh, dolphin, uh, her neighbor. He's a little curmudgeon because he hit his head, and he lost his ability to use his echolocations. Uh, even though Destiny's oh, like, you still have the ability. It's just all in your head. He's like, no, I can't do so it. So good. Nick, <laughs> this is one of those things where, as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, it's going to be 50 or 50 with Nick. But you saying that you love every single time the octopus does the camel stuff, which I totally agree with. So good. I love every single time they oh, do God. echolocation. Oh, God. It, it, it was one of those so things funny. I was like, I know they're overusing this. I don't give oh, a fuck. God. Do it three times more because it's it was getting me fun. every It time. was so much fun, dude. When he, he gets the power back and he goes from doubting himself <laughs> and being and being sort of like, um, what what is that term you use when uh, when you think you're sick, but you're like, you always think you're sick? Like Hypochondriac. Yeah, he kind of has mm-hmm. that like, he has that like he's doing this to himself. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy of like I can't use it, I can't use it. But when she finally like gets him out of his rut and he realizes he can use it, he goes from not confident to himself to calling it his special power in yeah. like a half a second. <laughs> and I that is my kind of energy right there. It's like, hold it. on, I'll use my special gift. <laughs> And it's so perfectly Ty Burrell, too. Like, God, I can't yeah. imagine anyone else pulling it off the way that he does. Yeah, he's really good. That was good. He's so him. annoying, you know? Like, he just, oh, yeah. uh, it was oh, yeah. such a good choice for the role. Uh, let's see. Destiny tells Dory she can get to the open ocean exhibit by going through the pipes, but Dory's like, I'll get lost. Uh, Dory remembers her father's words. There's always another way outside Fluke and Mother call over Becky uh, so she can fly them in. And man, Becky, <laughs> again, you want to talk about a group of people that are my kind of jam. Luke Rudder and Becky, come on, dude. Let's just get some. Let's get a couple Boone Strawberry Farms to hang out on that rock all day. Uh, all they have to do is look her in the eyes and say "ru and she'll imprint on them. So Marlon doesn't. Uh, Marlon doesn't want to, but Nilo's like straight guilt him. So he looks into her eyes and says "ru," and she imprints on him and then sits on him. And Fluke and Rudder call up Gerald so they can borrow his pail, and they finally give him the time on that rock that that little piece of shit deserves, which is two seconds and then time's up get off the rock gerald get off <laughs> off it's hey, so good it's, it's perfect again kevin go get a six pack of double a batteries and have tim sit on them because his heart is dead why do the batteries uh, keep changing let's just stick to the nine volt <laughs> we can order find them. a local quarter store man give me an iced coffee while you're done uh let's see hank and dory hide out in a stroller this is hilarious while destiny and bailey distract the humans they head through the path to the open ocean and, and bang. the way that they do the transportation of dory with like different containers so is clever. my favorite thing because they all and they all make sense for wherever they are like the coffee pot this being like a little sippy cup and stuff it's so good i, I thought that that was very well done in the sense that the finding nemo i thought got really impressive when the, with the way they use that as well of like getting into the dentist uh, uh office and like having the yeah. you know the little office aquarium and all that stuff but like they they pl- did a good job of playing with the toilets and the way to get to the ocean and all that this movie was like fuck it and like i really feel like the storyboard started with them being like what story do we want to tell yeah. what locations do we have it's like okay there's a freeway there's a this there's a that and they're like cool 
Cool. Let's work backwards we'll and it connect it with water. And like that made it fun. Cause they, like, mm-hmm. obviously any logic goes out the fucking window. We're dealing with talking fish. It's yeah. okay. And yeah. I thought the, the, the rules they set up in this movie, they stuck to in a way that I very much enjoyed. Like them throwing an octopus in changed the game. Changed where the it's game, like, man. You, you yeah. know, you're not limited to where they can bounce into. Hands. This guy can climb. Mm-hmm. He's got seven. Seven. He's better than some people say they're better than humans. I agree. Uh, Hank and Dory hide out in that stroller while Dory is in that uh, little baby sippy cup of water uh, while Destiny Billy to distract. Anyway, they head through the path to the open ocean and bang into the kid. So Hank pretends to be a baby and it's very creative and also terrifying. Uh, Becky leaves so scary in a tree <laughs> uh, so she can eat the spilled popcorn from Hank and Dory uh, and Dory's accident. And Dory spots a sign uh, to the world's most powerful pair of glasses heads forward. Of course, she has that memory from back in the day as well. Uh, while Nemo and Norlin are hanging out in the tree, Nemo tells him to trust Becky, but he doesn't. And he ends up getting catapulted into a fish tank by the gift shop. And then literally a second later, Becky takes the little cup over to the quarantine. And he's just like, damn it. Should have trusted Becky. I got to start listening to this kid. Uh, Hank gets angry at Dory. And she tells him that for a guy with three hearts, he's not very nice. And the stroller loses control and crashes and crash lands uh, Dory and Hank right in the worst of all places. The kid's touching pool and let me let's go around the table right now yep, when you were a please. kid did you like this little thing because i loved it I I loved are you kidding i'm all terrified. over you were terrified i like those starfish no oh they're so cool no it was the stingray yeah it was soft no that's the one that i was scared of no so cool no part of this i wanted to poke them all yeah but that was a that was like a deadly stingray this is like a little bitch-ass stingray that like just sat there and you know didn't even move. It might have been dead now that I'm thinking about yeah, it. No way. It's not down. dead. That was dead. It's a dead stingray. They don't Charlie, do those anymore, Charlie, though, right? No way. Not dead. No way. No, no because they would, like, swim that around. That is a establishment, Kevin. <laughs> Joey Wait, has no you idea. Know, so like, they, do they do that anymore? Because I, I feel like... Well, not in Corona times. Kill stingrays? No. I would imagine they don't. Yeah, because, like, the I know it's Six Flags. I know that, that was during Corona times. But I feel like last time I went to the Monterey Aquarium... Which is actually with IGN. I'm pretty sure it was covered up. Hmm. Kevin's there, like, let me touch them fishies. <laughs> They're like, I like no, touching Kevin. stingrays. I, what am I supposed to tell you? I like the Kevin's risk. Like, you're either gonna let me touch a fish, or I'm gonna go into your freezer and touch all the fish sticks that are frozen in there. That's where we're at. Anyway, uh, Dory tells Hank that he just keeps swimming. Uh, let's see. Oh, she gets another memory. I'm sorry, I can't remember right, but her mother tells her she doesn't need to be sorry. You know what you need to do, Dory. You need to just keep swimming. And they sing a song about it. And the music here reminds me a lot of the flashback sequence in Edward Scissorhands when the old man dies and leaves him alone forever. Dory tells Hank they need to just keep swimming. She sings the song as she leads him through the gauntlet toward Poker's Cove. And everyone's like, don't go, that's Poker's Cove. And Hank takes one right in the face and just inks all over the tank. And then he says, sorry. And Dory waits a perfect beat and says, that's okay. Everybody does it. It's poop they're talking about. Hank thanks her for saving them. Uh, when they pop up to the surface, they see the echolocation exhibit, which is labeled the world's strongest pair of glasses. And Dory's like, ha, that's where I got it. I like all these little things that are like all these all these sayings that she said. Again, a little heavy-handed, but we see that we see a little bit of setup payoff a little closer, and I like that. And, and right beside it sits the open ocean exhibit. Back in the gift shop tank, Marlon tries to get Becky's attention, but Nemo tells him to forget it. You made her feel like she couldn't do it. But of course, he's not talking about Becky. He's talking about Dory. Uh, they miss Dory, so they decide to channel her. What would Dory do? 
And Marlon's like, well, he would, Dory would, uh, you know, assess all of her options and then make the correct decision. And strategy. She goes, no, that was what you would do. What would Dory do? And he goes, well, Dory <laughs> would just do whatever the first thing she sees was. You just go head toward that. Of course, they look over or what do they spot? One of those. I don't know why they have these fountains. Surely so it's just cool to make why. children sticky or something. What? I don't know. Sticky? Why would it make What's, a child sticky? I mean, I feel like the kids got sticky hands and wet pants. What's like that's the worst thing ever. They run at you and they grab you and they the back of their hands stick to a your child head. A child has never grabbed you. A child has never grabbed you. Children love Uncle Nick. They like to hug Uncle I Nick. I don't do you have they any get, like toddler aged children in your world? I do not. I didn't think so. In my brain uh, though, when whenever someone has a kid. Who did we buy that Uncle toy Nick. for? Uh, that was for Eric's for kid, but yeah, live, that was, yeah, they uh, don't live here anymore, so yeah. that kid does not remember. And even, even when they did, they usually stayed away from Nick. That kid didn't like me very much. I'll no. I gave him the cool But uh, Nick, I'm going to be 100% honest. Yeah. That was that kid's fault, not yours fault. Yeah, I gave him every chance to like me. I bought him. <laughs> you gave him so many chances. You bought Nick, him a good toy. I, I, I don't, I don't want to kick you while you're down here with all this, but I, I need to tell the story <laughs> of you waking up the kid. <laughs> Oh, oh, no. Jesus <laughs> oh, no. That was I don't know. Can I tell it, Nick? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. okay. So a couple of weekends ago, uh, our, our friend was visiting who has two young children, uh, one that is uh, like, I don't know, Same five child. or some shit, Four and five, one that, yeah. that is like one or less than two. Newborn. I'm not really sure, but like Wait, very, but very little. And uh, this kid, the little one was sleeping. And there's the baby monitors that like work both ways or whatever. And somebody handed Nick, the dad handed Nick the baby monitor. I was like, oh, like, like they're on the other side. Do you want to no, talk no, to no, it? No. So you're, you're painting a picture. You're, you're being too nice to me. The, the thing was just sitting on the table. And I didn't, I was like, <laughs> oh, you got a walkie talkie. So I picked it up and I just, I, 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 for some reason, hit the talk back button. I was like, oh, breaker, breaker. This is big Nick Scarpino. For some or, reason, because he was trying to play like it was a... No, I was just trying to be funny. A radio, like, this, yeah. This would be funny, but I didn't... It didn't occur to me that <laughs> that a baby monitor has a... Like, why would you need to talk back to the kid? Like, why would you need to be able to make noise to the child? I don't know. And then all of a sudden, the kid started crying. And I was like, oh, All of a no. sudden, chaos. This baby is awake. There are tears <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and it was like... what My favorite part of it was like... In my opinion, clearly not Nick's fault. It was Nick's responsibility that he did it, whatever. But it's like, who gives a shit? And like, it was an accident. And like, he didn't That's mean what happens. to, That's what happens. Baby to do that But like, then all of a sudden, I, I've never seen my friend in dad mode. Where I was like, oh shit. Yeah, like, had to go. the kid comes number one over yeah. anything. I was like, oh, whoa, okay. Okay, no more walking talkies for me. Our friends are two of the nicest human beings on this planet. But the look he gave me of like, did you just, I just, and Nick, by the way, Joe, the kid had been asleep for like an hour and a half. This was the end of his nap time, but it doesn't matter because when you're a parent with a newborn and like a three or four year old, every moment, five minutes yeah. of yeah. silence yeah. is what you needed to get through the day. He looked at me like I just burned his house down. And he not will to mention never now the kid, it's a chaotic that. kid, and who knows how that sets up the next. Well, week. also, we just got done. We just got done with one of the other kids that was there locking herself in the bathroom. And yeah, by locking herself in the something. bathroom, Joe, I mean she hit the button. <laughs> Oh, and then the dad's he like, talk he's like, honey, it. just turn the knob. Just turn the knob, honey. And she's like, get me out of here. <laughs> get me out of here. <laughs> oh, oh, before man. we get back to the plot, though, oh, my God. let me tell you about our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by MeUndies. 
MeUndies believes that your comfort is about more than what's touching your skin. It's about being comfortable in your skin. And when you're truly comfortable, you get a slam dunk kind of feeling, you know? That's right, MeUndies and Space Jam are bringing you new undies. Ladies and gentlemen, you know I only wear MeUndies. A long time ago, I found out how comfortable they were, threw away the rest of my underwear, and only buy MeUndies. I still do to this day. And the Space Jam one is interesting for people like Blessing. Uh, MeUndies' new Space Jam print features Bugs Money, Daffy Duck, and other iconic characters who are all tuned up and ready for a rematch. MeUndies are made from micromodal fabric, which is not only soft, but breathable, light, and impossibly cozy. Check out their new Space Jam collection in the softest undies, socks, bralettes, dog hoodies, and loungewear available in sizes XS to 4XL. Here's your chance, do your dance, to score their new collection before the clock runs out. To get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com morning. That's MeUndies.com morning. Up next is Canva. We've talked about Canva a lot, ladies and gentlemen. If you are making things on the internet and you need video, you need audio, you need Canva Pro, Tim has been using it, Roger's been using it, Nick has been using it. Anybody who's not just screaming into a microphone all day like me at Kind of Funny is using it to make our stuff better. Canva Pro is the easy-to-use design platform that has everything you need to design like a pro. Whether you're a professional designer or just getting started, Canva Pro can help boost you and your team's productivity and creativity. Canva Pro has everything you need in one place, including a collection of over 75 million premium photos, videos, audio, and graphics. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use our promo code. Just go to canva.me slash kindoffunny to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot me, M-E, uh, slash kindoffunny. Canva.me slash kindoffunny. And our final sponsor of the day is Upstart. If you're carrying a credit balance month after month, it can feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of debt. Upstart can help you make that final payment so you can get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income and current employment to find you a smarter rate for your loan. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can receive the funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash KFMB. That's upstart.com slash KFMB. Don't forget to use our URL so that they know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your application. Go to upstart.com slash KFMB. Do you remember when Jen got locked in the bathroom at the studio? Yep, I was, was just hilarious. thinking that. that was hilarious. And let's just be like, everyone. just turn the knob, Jen. Just turn the knob. He's like, we don't have knobs in Canada. Uh, Jen yeah, and Gordy. This kid went from we get out the window? just nuclear level, like, freak John out. John Drake did. To everyone goes to, I don't know, Tim, you didn't see this, but everyone's like, crap. And Kevin, of course, these all, these are all like kid locks, right? You can poke through the little thing. But sure. they didn't have something long enough to get it. So everyone scrambled. Got to cut they that off of a Q-tip. I mean, we the Q-tips Who's got a Q-tip on Jody hand? In the bathroom. That's right. That's, that's right. why they gave the Q-tips. Um, so, so I was like, a Q-tip. And she goes, she's freaking out. Daddy, get me out of here. Daddy, get me out of here. Everyone scatters. I'm looking around trying to find something. And as, as I swear to God, the second everyone leaves, as like this thing's like DEFCON fucking one, like nuclear level, the kid just opens up the door and strolls out. <laughs> Nothing, no problem whatsoever. I figured it out. The dad's like. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Meanwhile, his beer is like warm, and he's like, "Well, this is just my life now." Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, 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 they spot the fountain uh, that the parents and the kids do, and then it works. They jump out and they almost suffocate, but it works, and it uh, it ends up uh, they land in a tank with a clam and his pearl. And man, he is a talker. And uh, I like how they get out of this. By the way, did you guys catch the one line where they're like, "Yeah, we yeah, just kind of slowly just backed away." Slowly backed away. <laughs> just left him. I Hang I on. thought this this joke didn't land as hard. Like as it I mean, I get it now that it's it was the director's voice, right? Yeah. But I just thought it was a little bit awkward and kind of like it didn't have a real good solid punchline other than that they left. Uh, real quick, though, just to go back to the fountains, like we like the fountains, right? I don't like those things. They're freaky. Well, uh, yeah, I know, Nick. It's I, like are you the, the water that just shoots yeah, out the, of the, the ground. Thing, you, yeah, you run on it and it shoots yeah. like water up your legs. Yes. Like, like as okay. a kid or as an adult? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know that, that there's a different, Joey. I don't know that there's a difference. Why do we have to make that I, distinction? I meant like I don't want to run through one currently, but like as well, a kid, I mean, that was the most exciting thing, you know. Okay, just all right, good, good. I just want to make sure they were all in the same boat on that, except for Nick, obviously. I'm in the other boat. I don't like. I'm it. off the boat. I love getting wet. Mm-hmm. He's all about <laughs> wow, it, Joey. Watch out for He's the all batteries, wet. though. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Hank traverses the landscape with Dory and a cup of water. They get to the top of the open ocean exhibit, and Dory finally makes Dory finally makes good on the tag. She says, "You know, I think I'm gonna remember you." And he goes, ah, you'll forget me in a heartbeat, kid. Three heartbeats. I'll have a hard time forgetting you. And then he so pours good. her back into the exhibit. And she sets about finding her folks. And then she says, hi, have you seen a mom and dad without me? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great writing. It's so good. Dory spots a shell and remembers her parents made her path uh, of shells leading to their home. Uh, but when she gets there, nobody is home. And she spots her mom's favorite purple shell, but it's covered oh, in it's sand. It's so sad and heartbreaking because you're like, what's happening? Am I going to cry? Know. Is it going to be a, is it going to be happy tears? Or is it going to be sad tears? And when she sees her mom's favorite purple shell covered in sand, she ha- she conjures up yet another memory of her parents crying because they're worried that when they die, no one will be around to take care of her, and uh, they don't know what's going to happen. And then she gets sucked into the rip curl, uh, into the pipe, and uh, realizes that she they didn't lose her; she lost them. Uh, two crabs, I think, one played by John Ratzenberg here, tell them all the yes. blue tangs are up in quarantine. They're going over to Cleveland, and I like how they're mowing the lawn, just mowing the lawn, Kev, just like we mow the lawns. Is it just uh, me? Who, Cleveland come up a lot, just in general, kind of funny content. Well, it's 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 a, it's it's a place. Barrett. Barrett, yeah, Barrett's from there. It's a place that none of he us goes there. Stuff, right? talking, it's a place oh, that none of us go to. We just, we just heard yeah. tale of Cleveland, so we're who was the female crab? Good the question. wife crab, and that's because they pitched up their voices. I, I don't know. I okay. barely recognize John Ratzenberger's voice, but I will say to the to to uh to the credit, or rather. I, I, I love the director of this. It's great that he decided to quit Tarantino and put himself in as the clam. But John Ratzenberger should have been that clam. He would have knocked that role out of the park. Just give him that, some It would have been dialogue. so memorable. We you would have been like, remember when John Ratzenberger was talking about was nothing? The clam. Exactly. It would have been perfect. You needed, you needed a big name for that scene. Uh, let's see. Dory heads in. At, no, 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 no. Let's see. Oh, Dory heads to the pipes. She's like, the best way to get to the pipes there. And she says, listen, it's really easy. Two lefts and a right, and you'll get there. And this scene terrifies me. Terrifies person me. who's mildly claustrophobic and uh, has a hard time remembering who says what. This scene hits really close to home. <laughs> Dory heads in and starts to forget. She swims frantically, and it's really scary. Until she remembers her pipe pals. She calls Destiny for help, and Destiny makes Bailey step up and use that echolocation that she knows he can. And when Beautiful. he does, he spots Dory and guides her through to quarantine. Uh, but before he can, he spots something coming for it's her. It's a fucking alien. 
and he says get out of the way but she ends up running right into it and it's marlin and nemo and they hug but on the echo location it looks like she's being eaten and he says it's consuming her it's eating her alive uh, but dory tells them they need to head to quarantine and she wonders if her parents will want to see her and marlin tells her of course uh they found her with the mantra what would dory do he says, ever since I met you, you showed me uh, how to do stuff I never dreamed of doing, like finding my son. You didn't know that because I never told you. But because of who you are, you are about to find your parents. And what what you do that, and when you do that, you'll be home. Uh, Nemo realizes then that they'll probably have to say bye to Dory. But the park closes for the night as the final load uh, goes onto the truck to Cleveland. Uh, Which again, land. another Pixar moment where I'm like, do you need to say goodbye? Or... You can be like, oh, you live here? We live there. Yeah. We can, you know, we'll see each other every once here. in a while. Yeah. Like, well, then we can so come up with some solutions here. You realize that, like, the distance that we're talking about is like yeah, a third well, of the world. Dude, I got okay. friends that live in Emeryville. I got I friends in London that I see every once in a while. Yeah, but you, know you have I mean? the internet. It's you true. have, and you know what I mean? Legs and planes. They got the brush, bro. You have money. They got. Fins, guys. Uh, wait, uh, Nick, was that like that well, scene? How do water uh, goes to Cleveland <laughs> that they can get to? The, the lake. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta get like the right bus. It's it's a whole. And then are you ever getting back to an ocean? Cleveland's awful. We all know it. Uh, Nick, was that an homage to Alien? Yeah, right with the tracking and the oh, that yeah, whole. Probably. Okay. I didn't think that, but yeah, it was probably the first Alien actually. Where yeah, that, that's Chris Christopherson or not Chris Christopherson. Uh, Tom Skerritt was stuck in the thing. She's like, she's like, uh, now what was his name in it? Fuck. Anyway, yeah, that was that's yeah. It had the same kind of like where you see him going through the pipes. She's like, you're going right toward it. Yeah, and, and, and but also like, like the vents are like that creepy dark color. Yeah. Guy, it was everyone. That's good. Things. Interesting that like they have these little homages in Pixar movies that are like like very adult movie. You know, like Dallas. like the the Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I those like little it. references. That's for yeah, old people yeah. like me. Uh, I like it though. Me. I like it a lot. Tom Skerritt's character name in Alien was Dallas. Dallas. I anyway, don't know if I've ever seen the first Alien. I think oh, Joe, oh, Joe, it's very good. Because I love the second one so much. I'll come over and scare second you. one's great. Should we do mm-hmm. a movie night? Oh, we'll do what? Alien review at some point. There inevitably at some point. And I'm saying this now, and at some point, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon, but we will do an Alien versus Predator in review. And we're going, oh, that's going to be so all out. That's there's so like, many movies. There's like 16, I think. Alien. Uh, yeah, and the thing is, movies. a whole bunch of them aren't even connected to like a whole bunch of other ones. Yeah, because all the new ones have are not connected, right? Mm, we'll Covenant. have to watch to find out. There it is. We'll have to watch. Uh, oh, are we going to also do Blade Runner in there? Mm-hmm. You should. Yes. Because they're tired. Oh, I'm so excited. And the car park closes for night. They land in a tank meant for the open ocean. So they, t- they tank hop, but get stuck in a mop bucket. Uh, Hank comes to the rescue. He scoops them up and pours them into the tank with the rest of the blue tangs. But it turns out her parents want uh, went to look for her and never came back. They're gone. Dory has a panic attack and in the confusion gets poured out into the ocean while Marlon, Nemo, and Hank get thrown on the truck to Cleveland. Once again, Dory is alone and lost. The scene is mirror uh, is a mirror of the beginning, and it's sad and scary. Dory begins to cry. She says, "I lost everyone. There's nothing I can do. I can't forget. What was I forgetting? Something important. It's going away. All I do is forget. <sighs> it's so scary. It's what Fucked I do up. best. What I do best. What do I do? What would Dory do?" And she remembers. She's fucking Dory, bro. 
Hell she's yeah, Dory. she is. She sees for the first time. <laughs> she's, she she heads for the first thing she sees, which is a kelp forest. Then toward the squishy sand below. She says, "There's nothing here. Lots of kelp and some shells. I like shells." So she decides to follow the shells. And when she does, uh, they form a pathway. And when she comes over a small hill, she spots a network of shell paths, all leading to the same place. And this she knows it, is this... one of my favorite types of moments in movies, and it's the moment that makes me go, "Yep." You know, yeah. this is it. This is it. I, I I just love it. It's that get hype. It's that like, oh, we're there. This is going to happen. And they fucking did it. Thank they you, did. Pixar. <laughs> as she turns around, two shadowy figures approach her. And uh, she says, hello. And they scream back, Dory. Because it's, <laughs> it's really mm. good. Diane Keaton, fucking killing it. Thank you, Eugene <laughs> Levy. Come on. Come son. on. Dynamic duo. I'm telling you, you uh, can't feel all the feels with that. Oh, Can we get a side. check on Tim's heart on that oh, one? Oh, <laughs> somebody go get, a car, go get a car battery and a spool of copper Evan wire. and Nick, the batteries of the show have worked. The heart's <laughs> back, baby. It's there pumping. It is, it's there pumping. It I love Cheryl. Did you hear what he just said? <laughs> A spool of wire and a car battery. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. We're <laughs> charring some Tim in this example. Damn. Damn. Uh, let's see. Dory apologizes to her mom and tells her not to be, but her mom tells her not to be sorry. She says, you found us. They followed her through the pipes and stayed and decided to stay put. Every day they laid out paths of cells so she could find them. And she remembered in her own amazing way. She found them all by herself. Wait, she wasn't by herself. Marlon and Nemo with her. And then she realizes, oh, God, we got to go find them. Uh, Dory catches her parents up on the situation. And they head back to the calming voice of Sigourney Weaver. They spot the truck, and Dory needs a plan. She hits up Destiny uh, for help, and Bailey tells her they got to jump into the ocean. But Destiny freaks, and Bailey tells her there's no wall in the ocean. It's your destiny, Destiny. They chase after the truck. Fluke and Rudder come too, even though uh, that fucking snake Gerald gets on their rock. And they're like, we're coming back for that rock, Gerald. And when we come back, fucking hell's coming. Don't get comfy. Yeah, yeah. Don't you get comfy over there. Uh, Dory pulls the plan together and her parents freak that they might lose her again. But she says, even if I forget, I can find you again. And de- with that, Destiny launches Dory into the air on top of the bridge as a line of adorable sea otters uh, I line up behind her. Part. And she says, for they form the world's cutest cuddle party that stops traffic. <laughs> and it's the point where, again, you want to talk about how good Pixar is at, at, at knowing exactly how you're going to react to something. They form it and they start cuddling. And I say it to myself, oh, that's cute. And the guy in the car in front of them goes, oh, that's cute. And I'm like, damn, they fucking know, man. Dude, this, this scene is like proof that pixar masters because this should not work and in fact it doesn't work i'm gonna say it this is dumb and stupid and out of the world that we've seen in this movie but i I love it i love it i love it i loved how they did it It i love how these things look i love the way that they stand they they stood (laughs) with the the amount of space between them like so many artistic choices yeah (laughs) they're pairing it's like but, like it was set up it was set up throughout the whole movie they kept talking about otters like there's i think two mentions of otters Cuddling. I know, but and like for the them, the otters, time. So then there was never a conversation of them teaming up with the otters. <laughs> they were just there was the a otters to be on the like, freeway. Yo, there's some otters there, and they're like, next scene, there's otters <laughs> on the freeway. <laughs> Which hey, we, they it. made it very clear that they were gonna go and talk to the otters. Like, I got it. I'm right there with you, Pixar. You guys are I don't know why Disney's trying to kill you guys. You keep going strong, guys. You keep going strong, guys. Keeps going strong, Utes. Uh, the truck driver empties out the back of the truck, so Marlon thinks fast. Sorry, the the, pop, the door pops open, and Hank 
puts Dory in the tank with Nemo and Marlon. They're overjoyed to see each other, but the truck driver empties out the back of the truck. So Marlon thinks fast and calls in Becky, but she only takes them. Uh, when she returns, Dory refuses to leave until Hank agrees to Sigourney Weaver's third principle. Of course, those principles, again, are rescue, rehabilitate, and especially release. Finally, I love that all the other fish know this because they've just heard that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. They're like, oh, yeah, that's what the third thing is. But this is a great scene, right? And this is, again, another proof that, like, this is the power of their story here is that Dory has Dory just has this infectiousness and influence to everyone. It's a positive light. And she she's like, I'm not leaving this incredibly dangerous spot until you agree to come be basically our family and live with us. And he's like, fine, I'll do it. Even though the ocean is scary, she'll go with him and it'll be good. Uh, when she returns, oh, Dory spots an emergency. She, Dory, Hank's like, there is just literally no other way out. And Dory's like, what about that? And it's an emergency hazard. He's like, damn it, there is another way out. Okay. Uh, so he goes up there and then terrifies the truck driver and then somehow steals the truck, <laughs> which is fine. Which it is made fine. perfect sense. It made perfect sense. They got out of the truck. He goes inside, locks the doors, yeah. and then tries to figure out the car. And he does. It's not that hard. Dory, yeah, Dory d- directs him. Yeah, exactly. Easy. This um, this truck had the uh, A113 as the license plate. Oh, that's funny. Mm. Mm. Of course, they get uh, they start going, and Dory's like, "Listen, uh, she, she she keeps seeing the same sand over and over again." And it turns out they are stuck in the worst thing ever, which is a roundabout. The most confusing thing. And they have them all of oh, Kevin. They're going to tell you all the people from England. Are oh, all tell of them. You, oh, Jolly Governor. Roundabouts are great. They're the fucking second coming of everything, right? And I'm just like, we master the four way stop. Why can't you? Mm-hmm. We don't need a roundabout. We got a four way stop. We had a lot. Easy. We had a lot of roundabouts by the old studio. Remember that? Yeah, I didn't like them. Yeah, no, they yeah. were always confusing. Uh, there was a fountain in the middle of one of them that never worked. And I think that is just perfectly indicative of how terrible roundabouts are. The roundabouts anyway. in Italy, though, Naples yeah, specifically, are terrifying. insane. Tim, terrifying. they don't got lanes in they Naples. Lanes. It's just a big road. And they're like, figure it out. You, you define where Evan's the lane dream. is. There's two, things, there's two things in Italy that they don't have. <laughs> lanes and boundaries. Think about that for a second. Uh, Some people see, don't have deodorant either. That's A lot of people don't have deodorant there, especially the it's old bad. people. I'm like, damn, you smell like a fucking old stack mm-hmm. of prosciutto. Uh, Dory guides Hank as they drive toward the ocean, but the police set up a barricade to stop them. So Dory pulls a last ditch effort and asks Hank to absolutely fucking send it. Send send it. it, They do. They send that truck over the cliff. And as they do, all the fish spill out the back of the tanks. And as Dory falls, uh, Hank grabs her and shelters her as the two plunge into the ocean below. Did not see this scene coming. At all. She's like, the the use of the music, the use of the slow mo. It it felt very totally off. The cops with like yeah. the guns and yeah. like yeah. the barricades and like the uh, what um Ty Burrell being like Burrell, yeah. yeah being mm-hmm. like they're fucking done they're for sh- there's no way out of this they're yeah. going to fish jail. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if <laughs> that you were the guy the line. Who struck that guy stolen? You were like, I can't explain what happened. I just cannot explain what happened. <laughs> Uh, back at the reef, Dory plays hide and seek with everyone during recess, and Hank is everyone's new favorite substitute teacher. Uh, Dory has the to, to drop off uh, to the drop off, and Marlin secretly follows her to make sure she's okay. Uh, when he when he gets there, she's sitting at the edge of the drop off, and Marlin uh, sits up beside her, and she asks Marlin why he looks so worried, and he tells her she did it. Dory gets another flash of her youth. She followed the shells all the way home. She said, "Yeah, I did." And Marlin and Dory stare out over the shelf, and he says, "It's really quiet." beautiful she's really quite a view and she says yeah unforgettable and that is the end 
And then we get a cover of Unforgettable we do. by Sia. Fucking That's weird. who that was. I well, was, I was like, trying to figure that? out who that was. Yeah. Yeah. Sia. And uh, I love, like Nick was talking about earlier, like the, the recent movies of Pixar having this credit scene that is kind of just like, let's just show off some environments. Let's go crazy. I love this one having that, but with the octopus. So it was kind of like a Where's Waldo type thing so going on. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that, it transitions out of that. And then it starts in like ugly green kelp. And uh-huh. it slowly moves up. Did you guys watch the post credit scene? No. Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. I missed it. No, oh, yeah, there's incredible. a post credit. Yeah. Oh, so it yeah. slowly moves up. And I didn't realize what, like, because there's all these beautiful fishes all swimming around. And it's the outside of the, um, the marine place that they were at mm-hmm. with all the fishes that now are living there, yeah. hanging out. And then what Just do we going. see? We see all the fishes from the first movie still in their bags. Well, trying to figure out them their bags are shitty as hell they're just rolling <laughs> at the top <laughs> except for this little shrimp he, his bag perfectly clean love it damn it i missed love it. Fuck it hold on i'm watching it right now everyone pause the movie it was it was very good they have like i think it's one throwaway line of like we're almost there <laughs> where and then what happens kev the camera like looks over and it's Gerald. His on ass. The rock. He pops up and the camera zooms into the little circle with some like did it did it did it music. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, he sneaked his really way in there, Gerald. dude. Yeah. Fucking Gerald. Look at his Nick, you really I'm missed out. You right missed, it was right made now. for you. I literally have it up in front of me right now. And Gerald is always oh, trying to put his fucking little pod there. Get off. His little Get head off, just Gerald. pops up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, so uh, real quick, I like. This movie ended, and I was like, yeah, it was really cool. I really enjoyed it, but I was bummed that I didn't see anything with Willem Dafoe and those that gang. So, honestly, it was such a big deal for me to see them, and, like, they'll get out of the bags eventually. This is I'll terrifying. Why are they still in these bags? Well, the good news is, if they're there, they're going to get picked up soon in quarantine. And- oh, they, oh, they do oh, get picked up in they the did. end of the scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, good oh, for them. All right. Good for them. Hopefully, things take a very happy turn. Uh, in Finding Nemo 3. Hot-ass kill. Whenever that happens. Who's going to get lost this time? Seven syllables in the middle, five first last line. If you're not poetic, no need to credit. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku and review. Haiku and review. There we go. I knew the lyrics. Knew the lyrics. Do you know, Kevin? Go. Do I know what? The lyrics. Lyrics of what? (laughs) Haiku and review. He nailed it. You go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your haiku reviews. Uh, Nobody did that. Nobody did that this week for Finding Dory, but somebody did write in a Science with Kev fact for you that I'm going to read. Clownfish are all born male. The most dominant clownfish in the group will change its sex to female. I don't don't like where this is going to go. The next dominant male will become its mate. Given that Coral died in the first movie, Marlin would be next in line to become the female, leaving Nemo to become her mate. See? Things may take a dark turn in the third movie of the Nemo franchise. Damn. Yeah. I, like, there's just some, like, animal facts that we don't need to bring out when it comes to these movies. That's true. Uh, so that's what I got there. But now it's time for Ragu Bagu. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Ragu. Da-da-da-da-da-da. And he got bit by snakes. Bagu. Uh, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Rag Guys Talk. Bad Guys here for Pixar in review. Uh, this is yet another one that doesn't have a bad guy. I don't even know if this if you'd say there is. Um, like any antagonist in this whatsoever. I say than... for this one, we just be- put a big N.A. on there. N.A., not applicable. How do you feel about that, Tim? I don't know. I-, I can't think of anything. Anything. That's... Joe, is there anything that you could think is like a antagonistic force in this other than getting lost? 
Yeah, I mean, put, no, I'm with y'all. I, I think it's NA, and I also think that Joy uh, from Inside Out is the same thing, but I got okay. beat out by that. Joy and well, we're going to put an asterisk on this. We're going to say this one's actually going to be getting that feeling of getting lost in a mall. Is okay. The bad guy. Is it getting lost in a mall? A or is it like store. getting. Because I feel like it's like getting after you leave the mall. And then you have to remember where you parked, and it's like, oh fuck. That's true. I was just <laughs> oh, like, like, remember when you were a child? Remember when yeah. you were a child and you just couldn't see over the racks, and you got lost, and you thought the world's gonna end, even though you were only gone for like fifteen seconds, and they had to call mm-hmm. your mom over the loudspeaker, and you were so yeah. nervous, but you were also so excited that you were like, you got found again. That's mm-hmm. this feeling. Did I you know, ever have that situation? Go. Like, I feel like I always found my mom, and we always we always ran through the racks. So now it's time to rank the Pixar movies. Kevin, could you please bring up the rankings? rankings. I think that's up to date. So currently, number one, we have Up. Number two, Monsters, Inc. Number three, Finding Nemo. Number four, The Incredibles. Number five, WALL-E. Number six, Toy Story 3. Number seven, Inside Out. Number eight, Toy Story 2. Number nine, Toy Story 4. Number 10, Toy Story 1. Number 11, Luca. Number 12, Rat Tap Tooie. Number 13, Monsters University. Number 14, Cars 1. Number 15, A Bug's Life. Number 16, Good Dinosaur. Number 17, Brave. Number 18, Cars 2. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to start. I am going to say number 16. So beating out Good Dinosaur. Wow. Okay. That's so low. Oh, you think it's low? It's way too so let me make the argument here so monsters university i think is a way stronger sequel than this was so the pound for pound monsters uni goes above for me mm-hmm. and i really like cars and i think cars is a great standalone movie cars one the story it tells is great the supporting cast is great not a perfect film that's why it's number 14 on this list but wow. I, I think there's something special there bucks life i would rather rewatch any day of the week over a lot of these but uh, that only goes so far. I think the quality of the movie does suffer a bit, not only for how old it is, but it just it does lack the the, the Pixar stuff that we like so much uh, for the the most part. Uh, but I do think that it is a, a better put together film than Good Dinosaur because that, despite having a lot more positives than I expected, uh, did have a, a lot of flaws that didn't add up to being something too great. Yeah, see, I, I feel like I would have gone way higher. I, to me, it's a number seven. I would put it over wow. Inside Out. Yeah, I really like this movie. And it would do, like, honestly, I like it more than Finding Nemo. But, like, you can't, Finding Nemo, like, has to exist. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I can see why Finding Nemo is a better, like, film. This is just so much funner. But, yeah, I guess I would put it in number seven. I'm Toy Story 2. Back and forth. And Toy Story 1. Yeah, I go back and forth because I my initial thing is I want to put it at 14 above cars, but I also think it's better than Luca. So I wouldn't be mad if we put it at 11, even though I think I like Ratatouille Monsters University better. But it's just that weird thing. That's my thing, too, is like I'm with Joey on this one. We're like, I think it's I think this I think Ratatouille is a better movie, but I think this is better than Luca. So I'm torn as to whether which which god I want to appease on this one, but I would probably put it underneath Ratatouille, I think, at number thirteen for me. Joey, lock in your answer. I'm gonna put it at eleven. 
So what did Andy? What did Andy say? Andy doesn't get to vote. He got bit by on vacation, and he did not end up watching it yet. So we're gonna have to. I didn't expect our our numbers to be all over the board like this. So we need to wait for Andy Cortez to return Ooh. to oh see where the rankings God. go. But I have our rankings locked in. Kevin number seven, Nick at thirteen, me at sixteen, Joey at eleven. We will return in a couple days with Cars three. In Pixar and review, and then a couple days after that, it's Suicide Squad time, baby. But until we then, we talked about what we're doing after that. Yeah, let's talk about it now. Probably. We haven't talked because about it yet. People on the subreddit were freaking out that we were going to do Coco without Andy. <laughs> so I no, want to make sure no, people know. No, 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 don't worry. We're, 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 <laughs> we will make sure we do Coco with Andy. That's not even a fucking question. He loves that movie yeah. way too much. So uh, but after that, we are actually going to take a break for a little mini in review. We're going to do Don't Breathe in review. Uh, we've got some special guests lined up for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Don't breathe a horror movie. The sequel is coming out August 13th. I want to say, so the plan there will be the week of August 9th, uh, Tuesday. We will release don't breathe part one Friday. We will release don't breathe part two. Tell a full little fun story. Um, I personally loved the first one when I saw it a couple years ago, so I'm excited for all of this. So for your homework for the next couple weeks, you got cars three, you got suicide squad. Then you got don't breathe one and two. Then We'll have to figure some things out. But until then, love you all. Goodbye.